0: chapter 12, beginning with verse 22. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable You are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They don't labor or spin. And yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the nations of the world run after such things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom, and all of these things will be given to you as well. And that is the word of God for the people of God today. Thanks Thanks be to God. All right, let's have a prayer together. If you'd bow your heads. God, give us fresh ears to hear this teaching. And give us faith to believe that you're going to take care of us and provide for us all that we need in this life. Simple faith, such as this, is what we desire in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, maybe you've heard the story before of the man traveling on business, laid up in an airport, right? The weather was dicey out. His flight had been canceled. He's nervous about flying anyway, and so he's pacing the concourses, just going wherever he can to stay busy and keep his mind off of having to take the next leg of the journey home. He happens to come across this life insurance machine. I've never seen one before, but as the story goes, like an ATM machine, you could pay $3 and get $100,000 coverage in the event that your flight did not go well or end as safely as you would like. And he stood there and looked outside the window and saw the clouds and the storming, thought about his family and said, three bucks? Eh, no big deal. He bought it. And he continued on his way, waiting, and decided he wanted something to eat. And there was a Chinese restaurant, and he wanted to go get that because he did not have a place like that to eat at home. And so he he goes in, he sits down, he orders, he eats. The meal is good, and afterwards he opens up his fortune cookie, and on the inside it says your recent investment will pay big dividends <laughs> well the point of it is that that you can't win for losing when it comes to worry right yes worry is such a captivating thing for us that that it can consume us not just preoccupy us but consume us about the what ifs and and the perhapses of life and that's not the way that we're created to live. We're created to live, as Jesus said, in the moments, accepting every gift and every challenge that is there, and trusting God all the while, instead of always, always trying to, to be consumed with the past that we can't change or the future that, that is unforeseen. How do we live a simple life, a simple faith, to be in the moment and Enjoy all that God offers. Well, a few things this morning to, to help us calculate how to, how to reduce or subtract the worry out of our lives. Because we've all tried to do it right. Yeah, and maybe we can for a time, but it's, it's not successful forever. And the first of those is that we have to calculate the difference between concern, valid concern in life, and, and worries that our concerns morphed out to an infinite degree, or a finite, an infinite degree. Yeah, there are concerns that Jesus addresses validly in life that we have. What are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? Where are we going to lay our heads? Those simple things in life, most of us don't have to worry about, do we? No. No but we do remember that there are blessings from God, and if we would lose sight of that, we would lose sight that God is good. And God is providing all of those things for us that that others lack, and yet we don't. I think it's important for us to always remember the poor and those that don't have the things we have because it heightens our senses and awareness of how good God is and how we can be a part of the blessing to others in Providing that on God's behalf. Jesus says that it's okay to want things and need things in life. That we have to have to survive and to, to continue on. And yet, yet how do we do that? Isn't that the difficulty? How do we do that? Being concerned and yet not being overly worried. Well, we develop strategies for our own self-survival and how to deal with, with worries don't we? We do. We tune worries out, perhaps. Have you watched the news before and gotten so alarmed and concerned about the things going on in the world that are nowhere near us that you finally just turn it off because it's depressing and it makes you worry about the state of the world? Yeah, we we try to tune things out. That doesn't change things. And yet we think somehow turning it off or shutting it out will take care of it. We try to eliminate our sources of worry, don't we? Yes. I've married couples before that come into marriage with a great amount of debt, and they're worried about what's the future going to hold because we owe so much starting off together. Debt is one of those things that, that I try to encourage them to eliminate in their lives so that they can not have to worry about it anymore. What about risky behaviors that we have? People that smoke, there's consequences as a result of of doing that. There are other health things, drinking heavily, uh, overeating, that that cause us in risky behaviors and put us in a place where we may worry about the effects it's having on us. To eliminate that is something within our control. How about jobs? I've known people before that have walked away from perfectly good paying and successful careers because, why? They were tired at night of not being able to go to sleep, but worrying about their survival or moving up the next leg. Some things we can control in life, and to know the difference between concerns and worries is key for us, first of all. I was talking to recently a friend of mine that I've gotten to know over the years who's a farmer. And he does it for a living, has a family farm and has kids that participate in it, and it's their family business. And I guess I never really understood, even though I've read a lot of the Gospels, and Jesus talks about growth and planting and harvesting things, how much faith is involved in having to farm and eat the food Uh, to provide the food for us to eat on our tables uh, every day or wherever it is we sit down. There is a large act of faith to be able to believe that somehow God is going to allow a way for them to be able to plant and and harvest and have a fruitful crop. And he has shared with me of some years when that did not seem like it was going to come to pass and about some friends that didn't make it in the farming business because they lost crops for successive years and were in so much debt. It is a a crapshoot, he said, as to whether or not we're going to have a good year or not a good year financially for our entire family. Me and my wife and our kids and grandkids are all dependent upon whether or not we have a successful crop. And I've asked him, how does he handle that, the uncertainty of it all? And he says, just be faithful to the Lord, keep doing what I know to do, and I figure that God's going to take care of us and the rest of it. There are some things in life that we just can't worry about. Concerned, yes, but worried not. Another thing in calculating how to subtract worry from our lives is to, to realize what Jesus is saying here, that, a, that abundant faith, uh, or abundance of worry, equals a lack of faith. Now, that's a pretty harsh thing to hear, that if you worry, it's perhaps because you have a lack of faith in God. And yet, Jesus very plainly and simply states that to these disciples. In the scripture, he's not talking to the crowds that are at large. He's talking to those 12 and and those other followers that have set aside all of the things in life that are of value to them, even left their families and their workplaces, and they have followed after him to learn from him about this kingdom of God. And in doing that, in doing that, he tells them in this passage, you lack faith. Well, they think that they've shown faith, but... What is he getting at? These followers of his, why do they lack faith? Don't you wonder what happened to set that off for Jesus to address their lack of faith? I mean, maybe they were walking through a field and, and he saw birds flying and maybe looking at the flowers all around and, and the other weeds as well. Maybe Jesus uses that as a talking point. But I think it's probably the disciples' preoccupation with other things in life rather than the kingdom of God. It may have been Peter where, where he talked about how valiant he would be and courageous. I will never leave you, Lord, even to the ends of the earth. And yet he did. Or maybe it's when James and John wanted to vie and say, Lord, when you come into your kingdom, can we have cabinet position number one and two behind you? Maybe it's where Judas complained about the money that was being spent by the woman that that wanted to anoint Jesus' feet as he was getting ready to begin his passion, his journey to the cross. All of us lack faith, and, and when worry crops up and grows in our lives, it's important for us to recognize that perhaps it's our our lack of faith in God that is causing that. I mean, everything that this season of Lent, these 40 days that we're in, in which we focus on following Christ and becoming closer to Him and, and being more faithful in God and going deeper in our relationship with God, all of it ends up where? At the end of the 40 days. It ends up, at the cross and at the empty tomb. We'll celebrate Holy Week and Good Friday, which is the cross on which Jesus died for the forgiveness of our sins and Easter Sunday, the empty tomb for the resurrection, overcoming all of life. And I want you to recognize as we're in this holy season that God has already provided for us worry elimination to a heightened degree through our Savior Christ our Lord. Everything in the past that you may worry about, things that you wished you hadn't have done or shortcomings that you had or mistakes that you just flat out made, they're forgiven. You're set free from them. They no longer have to have control over your life and your thoughts and your worries at night or during the day. Everything that you don't know about in the future, no matter what it may be, what's coming down the pike, Whether you'll have enough food and money for the things you need to do in life. God has already showed to the nth degree that even until the very end of death itself, he has you taken care of. It's a matter of faith. Do we trust that God forgives our past and will provide for us in the future? That leaves us where? in the here and now, which is exactly where Jesus calls us and wants his disciples to be. Being concerned and consumed with, with not the things of this world and, and not just um, our thoughts being elsewhere other than in the moment, but being truly, truly focused in the gift of every day and the faith we're called to live out. The last thing of calculating how to subtract worry from our life is carrying the remainder of our worries to the to the top. Did you ever do that in simple math before? My wife Jenny can tell you that's about the most math I can do. But when you, you total up and you have a remainder at the bottom, in addition, what do you do? You carry it up to the top of the next column, right? Because you have to factor it in there for For the ultimate summation, the ultimate number, we need to carry the remainder of of our worries up to the top, up to God in prayer rather than trying to manage it on our own. What if I told you that, that worry was simply a matter of misdirected prayers? Think about that for a minute. The worries that you have, thoughts about what could happen or might happen, regrets about the past, all of those things that roll around in your mind or maybe you even express or utter to other people. What if I told you that if you would simply redirect those to God, He would set you free from them and you would grow in your faith and you would go deeper in Him? Misdirected prayers, is that all that worry is? Try it and see. Every time that you worry, take that to God in prayer instead. Quit talking to yourself. Quit expressing it out into the abyss of the universe where it just kind of echoes or or dissolves. Say it to the one who can do something about it, who can take it from you and replace it with peace and joy and a complete love that only God can give. So that's my challenge to you during Lent, is not just manage your worries, but simply simply give those up to God in prayer. And it's not that hard. If you'll just take about five minutes at least every day and separate yourself from the world and close your eyes and block out the noise, however earplugs or whatever you need to do, and have a conversation with God. I mean, just a plain conversation. Not any of these ye's and thou's and all of the King James Version things that we think prayer has to be, but just a gut-level honesty with God. And here's how you do it. After sitting down and quietening yourself, have that conversation and start with the niceties. The niceties. Have you ever struck up a conversation with a stranger before? How's it going? So how... How are things going in the universe today? Have you created any galaxies lately? Speak to God like he's right there because God is very real and present and and powerful and a presence that never leaves us. To sit down in silence and, and strike up that conversation, you'll see that God wants to hear from you more often. Next, say thanks to God. And I don't just mean thanks, God, or I appreciate it all. It's good. But I mean, think through the things that you're thankful for, that you should say to God and speak to God, the source of all goodness, thank you. What are those things? Jesus reflects on some of them. Thank you for the food that you put on my table. For the farmer that helps to grow it. For the pillows who prepared it for... Sunday cafe this morning for us to eat. Thank you for the bed that I have to sleep in that's warm at night. And a house that has a roof that is dry when mm, 70% of the rest of the world doesn't have that guarantee. Thank you, God, for the simple things that I have and that you've given to me. Thanks for providing me a, a ride and transportation to be able to get up and come to church or go to work and have the beauty of, of labor and to be able to produce something in life. Thank you for the clothes that are on my back that I don't have to to spin them or sew them. Thank you that we, we live in such a place where we are very blessed. Thank you for your love, God, that's, that's just simple and pure and, and is a love that only a parent could show to a child that is receptive and is full, and is graceful. And then after thanking God for those things, after praising God and worshiping God in prayer, here's where it comes. Lay your worries out. Show all your cards on the table. Confess what it is that you're truly worried about. That day and in life in general, And list them all. Make a list of your worries. And if you will do that every day in prayer, God will show you some things that you have never seen before. I don't know why, I can't tell you the math behind it, only that it works. That if you will every day commit to praying to the Almighty God in silence and giving thanks and sharing your worries. He wants to take those from you, and that's all that it takes. Will you do that during this holy season of Lent? John Wesley liked to say that Methodists are people who take up holy living, and during this season of Lent, your way of holy living is to spend some time every day in prayer, thanking God and confessing your worries and he will take them all from you. He will sacrifice them upon his altar for your sake to show you his love. One word from Jesus before he closed from Matthew 11. This invitation. Come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, And learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Let's pray together. Lord, lighten our load during this Lenten season. Help us to take these heavy things such as worry and give them up to you. Thank you for loving us and wanting to be in a relationship with us. Help us to pray to you every day. Amen.